or this afternoon. So I think we may start having church again on Sunday evening if we, we do this good. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for the love that you have for each of us and the blessings that you give to each of us daily, Lord. Thank you for, for our church, our church family, Lord, our leaders throughout these churches. We just thank you for each one of them. And we just ask you to be with us in this service. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. But ask that you all stand with us uh, this evening as we gather to worship. Uh, we've got a couple of songs, uh, a good old hymn that we all know, I'm sure, Holy, 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 and Come Now is the Time to Worship, sung along with it. So if you would join with me. Holy, holy. 
usually I find that um, when I'm doing anything in the church, it's best not to surprise the pastor. <laughs> we try to avoid that at all costs. Y'all can appreciate that. Um, however, <laughs> and my class knows that when I say however, or although, or but, in class, it means that we're about to change direction. Uh, I get the honor of introducing a surprise video message uh, for Brother Dan. Hi, I'm Melissa, Dan and Lynn's eldest daughter. I currently reside in the Indianapolis, Indiana suburb of Fishers. Indiana, which is about 30 minutes down the road from Anderson, Indiana, which is the headquarters for the Church of God. Dad, I'm really sorry that I couldn't be there for you for this special occasion. I am cheering you on and very happy for you. I'm very happy that God has led you to uh, the Cypress Street Church, which is full of warm, caring, and loving people who just want to serve God and grow His kingdom. So I'm happy for you on this new journey, and uh, I will get down there as soon as I can. Hi, I'm Bethany. I am Dan Masters' second daughter, and uh, I live in Arizona with my daughter, Cora, my husband, Austin, and my son, Cole. And we just wanted to say, and now we're going to go. Hello everyone, my name is Caleb Masters and I am the eldest son and middle child of Dan and Lynn Masters, your new pastors. And I'm joined today by the newest member of the Masters family, Lauren. Hello everyone, Dan and Lynn, we are so happy for you and your new home. We are, mom and dad, we are so happy that you have found a new congregation in which you can serve and utilize your talents and uh, spread your ministry. And to the congregation, Cypress Street Church, thank you for taking my parents in and making them feel welcome at home. And, you know, taking a few of my dad's bad jokes while you're at it. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, we know that they are in good hands, both my mom and dad and Cypress Street Church. So congratulations, and we can't wait to hear more about your futures. Say it, say it. Hi, I'm Abby Masters. I am the third daughter, but fourth child of Dan and Lynn. I live in Chandler, Arizona, outside of Phoenix, where it's still 100 degrees. But hopefully the fall weather will be coming in soon. Um, thank you, Dad, for being so supportive over the last 30 years. Thank you for being available to talk about life, and just being able to call you anytime, even when I'm just calling to vent. I value that time so much. Thank you for encouraging me and helping me through the tough days. I miss you and I love you and I hope I get to see you soon. your son Nathaniel, I just wanted to um, congratulate you um, on this momentous occasion uh, being installed at the at your new church, um, Cypress Street. Um, and I just want to kind of encourage you a little bit. Uh, being a pastor is not easy. You're often kind of alone. You're having to lead. And this is a, this is a charge from God. 
um, to shepherd those underneath you as uh, Christ, uh, you know, went to the apostle Peter and, you know, told him, you know, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, tend my lambs. It's a very serious charge. I think there's a great example um, to be seen in the uh, apostle Paul. And he says to the Corinthians, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decide to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message will uh, not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I think that's such an important, you know, thing as a pastor is to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Um, and that's that's what I just wanted to share. Keep keep the focus on Christ, on Him crucified. Love you. Hi, my name is Bethany, and I live in Arizona with my husband Austin and my two kids, Cole and Cora, and and we're here to say. Have a great day to oh, our pop pop. I I call and I miss you, pop pop. I I love trucks and they're very precise. Love you, pop pop. Uh, who can top that? <laughs> Certainly not me. I'm here to introduce uh, some individuals that have graciously shared their time to come and be with us today, and we appreciate your, your help. Uh, pastor doing the charge to pastor this uh, afternoon is Pastor Jonathan Williams. He's been married to his partner, Elizabeth, in ministry for 21 years. Together they have two children. He has been in ministry for 22 years and currently serves as senior pastor of First Church of God in Oak Grove, Louisiana. In addition, he has served in multiple state positions, including Credentials Ministry Team, uh, PCA Vice Chair. Uh, for those that, like me, didn't know what that was, that's the Pollock Campground Association. It's the Vice Chair and Chair and State Youth Camp Director. Following him will be the charge to the congregation. That will be handled by Pastor Jason Strong. Pastor Strong has been married to his partner in ministry, B. Strong, for 34 years. Together they have three children and one grandson. He's been in ministry for 25 years and currently serves as senior pastor of the First Church of God in Bastrop, Louisiana. In addition, he has served in multiple state positions, including business ministry team, chairman of the Louisiana Assembly, co-chair of the LCMCOG, which for most of us is the Louisiana Congregational Ministries of the Church of God. He's also been the ministries council of the LCMCOG, Central Louisiana Regional Pastor, Credentials Ministry Team, Board of Directors of the PCA again, Board of Directors of MRC, uh, another one, uh, Ministry Retreat Center. So now you all know all of this. 
He's currently serving as the vice chair of PCA and on the church revitalization ministry team. Our message today will be brought by Pastor Ray Owens. He's been married to his partner in ministry, Dana, for what I understand is 48 years. They have one child, Brooke, and one grandson, Liam. Uh, Brother Ray has been in ministry for, we're going to say approximately 50 years. Uh, I understand he started even before uh, marrying Dana and before being an official ordained pastor. He served as regional pastor for Louisiana. Previously, he served as pastor for North Crossings and remains as pastor emeritus. Most important to this occasion was his recent support of this congregation. Excuse me, as interim pastor. And we thank God for you. If I tried to list all of his state and national committees, boards, etc., uh, all the work that he's done, we would run out of time before we got to the main part of the service. Suffice it to say that he is a multi-talented Renaissance man. Pastor Ray hunts, he farms, he even renos houses if you need house renovation. He served as professor at the NLU and ULM. He's worked at, with uh, local law enforcement agencies and supported any number of agencies and ministries with his talents. Most of all, we, we call him friend and our brother in Christ. Thank you. Good afternoon. It is my honor this afternoon to represent uh, the LCMCOG uh, credentials team and our chairman, Brother Bart Riggins, who wasn't able to be here today uh, from Baton Rouge. Quite a been quite a trip for that, and so uh, I have the privilege of being here today to take part in this special time, this celebration time of the coming together of a pastor and a congregation. And uh, there's, you know, a time like this is exciting because there's so much potential, right? We're looking forward, looking to the future and all that God has for the ministry here, your ministry together. Brother Dan and Sister Lynn, we're, we're here today because we believe that not only have you answered the call here to serve Cypress Street Church of God, but you answered the call of God himself to unite with this church. It wasn't just this church that called you. God brought you to this place. I don't know your whole life story, your whole life and ministry uh, story, but I do know that uh, it is evident that you have been faithful to the calling of God in your life. All the places that you've served over these many years, uh, and uh, it is a blessing to know and to have you in the state of Louisiana. So we want to welcome you here uh, to Louisiana. In the book of Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah recounts his encounter with the glory of God. 
and the fullness of God's presence, as he experienced that fullness, Isaiah was overwhelmed as he recognized his own inadequacy, his sinfulness, that he was not worthy to stand there in the presence of God. And as he, as he cried out to God, as he recognized that, one of the seraphim came and took a burning coal from the altar. The scripture tells us that uh, the seraphim touched Isaiah's lips with the, with the burning coal and declared that his guilt should be taken away and that his sins had been atoned for. It was the preparation, the work of God in Isaiah's life that uh, enabled him to go forth and answer the call of God in the first place. And we believe that is the same thing that happened to you as God prepared you, prepared you for the ministry that he had called you to. The preparation that was done in Isaiah's life allowed him to, to answer when, when the Lord cried out, who, will, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah answered, here am I, send me. Brother Dan and Sister Lynn received a similar call of God in their life, and they too answered, here am I, send me. They followed his calling from Gulf Coast Bible College, served in many churches, and recently answered the call to leave the wilderness of Illinois To come to the promised land of Louisiana <laughs> and Cypress Street Church of God, where we believe that the Lord has led them to after all these 40 some years. Uh, it is, a, it is a blessing to have you uh, here in Louisiana, and, and we believe today that he prepared the way and opened the doors for you to answer this call. This afternoon, I have the privilege of giving the charge to, to the pastor and his wife. In the book of 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul recognized that his time here on earth was coming to an end. He'd invested his life in many different people along his journey. But one of those people and one of the most uh, probably meaningful relationships to him uh, and held so much promise was Timothy. His love for Timothy was, was great and he saw great potential in him. And as Paul wrote uh, the letter, his letter, the, the book of 2 Timothy, he issued a, a charge to Timothy to continue the work that God had called him to. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, Paul gave the charge to Timothy. And I would charge you with as well today, and all pastors, I, I believe uh, this is a charge uh, to us as pastors. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to, want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, just discharge all the duties of your ministry. 
I believe that you have answered that call, that charge, many times. And so once again, we uh, encourage you to answer that call here uh, to your, in your ministry here at Cypress Street Church of God. If you would stand, and I'm not going to make you come forward. And Miss Lynn, uh, Sister Lynn, if you would stand too. I'm not going to make you come forward. But if you would just kind of turn and face your congregation and... Uh, and in, 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 in precept and practice, you will be uh, constantly influencing those that the Lord has entrusted to you with the deepest of things of life, eternal truths. If you accept these charges, as I, uh, if you would, please respond by saying I will if, to the following questions. Will you be faithful, earnest, sympathetic, and persevering, keeping in mind that the goals of Christian ministry include evangelism, education, edification, encouragement, equipping, and establishing others in the faith? Inasmuch as you have been called to this ministry, will you endeavor, God being your helper, to discharge faithfully its duties? Will you be diligent in your studies of the scripture and dedicated in serving the Lord Jesus Christ? Today, we have witnessed the pledge of these ministers of the gospel. I encourage each one of you to be faithful in prayer and support of the ministry that God has called them to in this place. Y'all can be seated. And at this time, I think Jason's gonna come uh, for a charge to the congregation. Thank you for the invitation and the honor to be here. This is no small service. Uh, as you know, pastors have become very rare, good pastors more so, and you have gotten good pastors. Also, something that has become nearly as rare is good congregations, and Cypress Street you have the reputation of being a good congregation. Uh, we're going to look at a letter. Uh, it's the letter after Paul wrote 2 Timothy. It's Philippians. Uh, it's one of my favorite books. I've been through it several times. And Paul includes Timothy as he begins the letter. He says, this is Paul and Timothy here, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people, in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with overseers and deacons. That word together is, is much bigger than what we use. In the original language, it's, it's meant to convey a completeness. The pastor, the associate pastor, the people, the overseers, the leadership, together, together, it's the picture of the church. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the rest of the letter will refer to joy some 17 times. And it's going to be based on these next few verses that I'll read. You know, you usually know, or, or most of you will know, how, how he continues on. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership, sometimes we treat this like a business. Uh, 
It resembles a business in some aspects where you have people in leadership roles and you have bylaws and you're probably incorporated and maybe safe deeded to cover all the business aspects of the church. That's not the kind of partnership that's being conveyed here. The word in the original language is real close to a marriage. So it's, it's bigger than just being in the same location. And it's bigger than just a business partnership. It's the marriage between a pastor and his family and the leadership and the congregation. They are the church. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You continue on in that book, you'll find out that's the basis of the joy. It's not just joy you pull out of your pocket. It's all based on the gospel. Living it. Sharing it together, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He will continue to remind them of that over and over. Today's installation is that of a partnership in the service of God. Paul reminds the church at Philippi. He also reminds those of us gathered here at Cypress Street. You are partners in this. You are each a minister bringing relief into a world that desperately needs it. Indeed, a great church. It's been a long time since I stood here at this place. I've been to services here since then. But as, as, a, young, as a young pastor, I just started my first senior pastorship. Brother and Sister Anger had me over here one weekend. I don't know if you remember that or not. That's been a long time ago. Uh, uh, nearly 20 years you are indeed a great church. Uh, you showed us love and, and just welcomed us here that weekend. Uh, we still talk about that when we're in this area. Also, you're known for giving to worldwide missions. You're known with, for your giving at a national level, at a state level. And so we echo again, this is a great church. And your charge is to accept the responsibility to continue to spread the message, to continue with the mission of being a great church. I love the book of Philippians because that's what Paul conveys to him over and over again. You're good, but you got to maintain it, maintain that greatness in spreading the gospel. As you do so, honor your pastor, but don't necessarily put him on a pedestal. Realize that he's human. B and I for years wondered what was the big deal about these grandbabies. We've got one. <laughs> so, and as I'm watching the video and, and there's the grandbabies. I know this because I've not always been in the ministry. I've actually served on board of trustees and I've actually been on a search committee before. I, I, I know church folk on one side and I know church folk on the other side. It's, it's so easy to put real high expectations on your pastor and forget that he's human and in the middle of your family need, forget that he's also got his own family needs and grandbabies. <laughs> he will go see them and you let him go see them. Babies. All right, realize that he's human. Remember that the goal for holy living is not just for your pastor, but it's also for you. It's a charge to each one that calls themselves members of the Cypress Street Church of God. Expect great things from him. He's, he's a great pastor. This is a great family. You're a great church. Expect great things from him. Expect great things from yourself and, and, and get ready to see what God's going to do. He's a great God.
make a firm commitment to God and the work of the church. I don't want to, and I'll get Ray, because Ray's a lot older than me. He's doubled my years in ministry. <laughs> Ray, Ray knows this. There's never been a more difficult time to be the church than right now. These are difficult times, and there's going to be some difficult circumstances. But at the same time, there's never been a bigger opportunity to make a bigger difference than right now. So that being said, stand with me, congregation of Cypress Street Church of God. Now, stand with me. I'm going to give some instruction. Uh, when I do a wedding and we're doing rehearsal, I always say, now listen, I'm going to go through some questions. Don't say anything until I say, if so, say I do. And there's always that, it's usually the groom. And I'll go, if you, and he'll go, I do. <laughs> Wait for just a moment. I'll go through a series of questions, and then I will get to the if so, say, we do. So, dear brothers and sisters of Cypress Street Church of God, do you promise to respect your pastor as an ambassador of God gifted to you? Do you promise to trust your pastor that he may always count on you following him as he follows Christ? Do you promise to cooperate with your pastor while sharing in the duties and making the most of every opportunity that you'll face together? And do you, Cypress Street Church of God, promise your faithfulness in church attendance in pursuing personal spiritual growth and assuming responsibility wherever and whenever you are needed? If so, say we do. You may be seated. Y'all don't need to be doing that. <laughs> Let me put, you know how I am, I have to turn this one on, I guess. <clears throat> wow, thank you. Thank you, Trey, for stepping in at the last minute uh, and for helping out. Uh, thank you, Jonathan and Jason. The dedication, I've been on your side and to drive that far. And actually, Jonathan, I thought you'd win the award for driving the farthest. And then Ron Cootie came in from Turkey. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like it's like it's like when we're at the reunion in Kansas and Dana and I come from Louisiana and we pretty much got the, the award and then somebody will fly in from New York or you know Paris or somewhere like that. Uh, but I, I really, really appreciate you guys and what you've done and Vicky and the worship team, uh, each and every one, Brooke, all of you. And you know, I can't say enough about Randy and the leadership team here. And Mike got a little emotional, but uh, we've been through a lot. <laughs> and Mike served for a couple, two-year sentence probably as head of the uh, search team. And, and Brother James, the last year or so, it seems like forever, it was a, a big process. But uh, I want to I thank all of you. Um, I, I'm supposed to give an official welcome <clears throat> to the LCMCOG uh, uh, to Pastor Dan and Lynn, and uh, <clears throat> by the way, I have new eyes. They hadn't quite focused in, so look at the new look you're going to have with Brother right here. Uh, <clears throat> but on behalf of 
the Louisiana Congregational Ministries of the Church of God, your state organization, State Ministries Council, and Pastor Steve Nelson, who today retired from his church and they had a special event or he would have been here as well. It's my privilege to officially welcome you into the promised land of Louisiana. You'll have to trade some of your teams for Saints and Tigers, and I know it's going to be hard because you're Alabama fans, but we allow some, we allow some Alabama fans to, uh, to stay in our, our church. We knew it was a God thing when that all worked out uh, as well. And if you don't understand that, that's okay. We'll talk about it at the reception. Uh, but, uh, and I also want to tell you that all your local pastors here uh, welcome you. This region is awesome. Uh, honor to serve. Uh, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't for the guys and gals that are here in this area. And they're amazing. Their spouses, uh, their support, and they will be here. And you can call on us. Every one of them are amazing. And I just want you to know that. And I also want to thank you for already getting involved. You've already been to Palmetto. That's the MRC. That's the new word. You've already been to Pollock, Camp Pollock, which is PCA. Um, and you've already joined in at Grace Place where we feed the homeless and get, getting out there. And I want you to thank you for being a team player. Personal comment. Dana and I have known you for 49 years, both of you. Um, I actually met Lynn, I think, first. And... Uh, eating at your house when we didn't have any money. Uh, we, we talked about the pot pies that had bottoms in them because that was our budget. It was pretty rough. We were at college together in Houston and uh, we kept up by phone and ministers meetings and Anderson and Dan knows everybody. I'd sit with him at General Assembly and he'd keep me awake basically. Um, and, uh, and Dan and I are so excited that, you, that God sent you here. But make clear, we didn't bring you here, and alone, Cypress Street, God orchestrated how he did, and we've all heard the miracle, and the, even the miracle of Dobson Place. You can talk to Nancy Elmore about that miracle. It's definitely there. Cypress Street Church family, wow. We have been through a lot together, and I want to reach out to you guys and thank you for your faithfulness, for your love for your support, for your patience as we endured what all we went through. I think we can write a book about what all we went through. But you have become my adopted church family. And that says something because North Crossings is my church family and they're in my blood for 40 years. But you guys have just are amazing and I agree that you are an amazing church. You have amazing potential. And um, I told Dan that I believe with all my heart, and I know we're on the internet, but I do believe that this will be the best church that he and Lynn ever pastored. Don't let me down. <laughs> I believe that with all my heart. And you know how much I love you, and I'm not going to get emotional, so we'll move along. Jeremiah 3.15 says... And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. Who's going to give it? God. I'm going to give you shepherds. Dan and Lynn, I know you. know you very well. And I know this. You are a shepherd after God's own heart. And church, follow that. Believe that. As pastor said, they're normal. 
human beings that have suffered in Illinois and other places. Uh, they've had five kids. They've got some war zone and, uh, you know, different things. But I will tell you, they're shepherds after God's own heart. So the Lord led me to a kind of different message uh, that I've ever preached on, on this. And it's, I titled it, Receiving Another Gift. How many of you know God's a giver? In fact, if there's anything ever in your life that's good, guess where it came from? Just read the Bible. You can look it up in James. Okay? You might think, oh, I did this myself. And to that, anybody with wisdom goes, <laughs> bless you. Bless his heart. Which means you're messed up. Okay? I've got a couple scriptures I want to share with you. Two scriptures. First is Ephesians 4, 11, 16. And this is the standard one we're supposed to do at these things. So I'll get that. But it really fits in. Now these are the, I said, my title of my message is Receiving Another Gift. And this is what it starts with, verse 11, chapter 4, Ephesians. Now these are the gifts God gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and then here's where we're at, and the pastor teachers. And that's what God gave. Their responsibilities are to equip God's people to do His work, build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I'm going to Ray Owens paraphrase that. This will continue forever on this side of glory. You are a gift from God to this congregation, to the church, to the kingdom. God called you, but you are a gift to them. Then we will be no longer like immature children tossed to and fro, blown by every wind of teaching and doctrine. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And to fit your thing, that's what we're hearing now all over. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in ever way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. That's where we all come in. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now that's a beautiful picture of the church and the beautiful picture of a loving family, isn't it? In other words, we will rub each other the wrong way and we'll love each other. We might be like brothers and kind of fight a little bit and then we hug each other and go inside. You know, that's what a family's about. And let me tell you, you can be online, not go to church, and several of my friends do this, and they don't know what they're missing. They're not going to grow like you are when you're part of a church. When you get a part of the church, you just iron sharpens iron. You know, all the stuff we deal with, it allows us to grow. If you're just at home singing kumbaya and watching TV and judging which preacher's better and all that stuff, I know 20 preachers that are better, you know, and then, well, I got this one that's better. You know how it goes, all back and forth. I'm just telling you, that's amazing. You'll grow in a lot of ways in your knowledge, but you're not really growing where the rubber meets the road. So I said, God gives another gift. Another gift is pastor teacher. Now, who gave it? Who gives the gift? God. God's given the gift. And he gives a lot of gifts. He gives us the Bible. He gives us the gift of life. Nobody in here is alive without him. He gives us salvation. We can go on and on. But one of the gifts of God 
is pastor teachers. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. It's funny, like my brother just said, we're in bad shape. Whoa, 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 let me back up. The church of God's not just in bad shape. The kingdom of God worldwide is in bad shape when it comes to young people feeling led to go into ministry. Now, does it mean God's not calling? I don't think so. You got you to gotta listen. Now, why did he give the gift to equip us to allow us to mature, to grow up? Second scripture, receiving another gift. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 20. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive the new life will no longer live for themselves. Now, I want to talk about selfishness. Will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised with them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. In other words, it's very personal and intimate with Jesus Christ now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ becomes an absolutely new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. And verse 18, here's the gift. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. So we have a job. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And my key verse so we are now Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We actually speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Would you pray with me? Father, for just a moment or two, I pray that you would give us clarity. But most important, God, we, every one of us, pastors, Pastor Dan, Pastor Lynn, congregation ministers, members, visitors, leaders. Lord, we're just for just a couple minutes give you permission to speak to us. We've got plans, we've got notes, we've got everything lined out for the whole week, the day, what we're going to do. But just for a few moments, not Ray Owens, but Holy Spirit speak to us and challenge us and edify us. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said, so in verse 20, we've been transformed from a basic believer now to an ambassador. In fact, you can turn to the person next to you, to you and say, Mr. or Mrs., who they are, if you know their gender. You can do that. Ambassador. So, Mr. Ambassador, right? Mr. Ambassador. Ms., Mrs. Ambassador. I, I won't, I just, I told Trey, we were talking, we were at a really nice restaurant eating, I think, no, I was eating at Captain D's, and on the, <laughs> there's a joke about that here, but anyway, uh, on the back of the ticket, God gave me this sermon about ambassadors that I preached, and then the Lord just laid it on my heart to share some part of that. So, this is what I think Christ is doing, and I feel led to challenge you, uh, you know, Dan and Lynn and, and, and people here at Cyber Street. I challenge you to think, eat, breathe ambassador. 
You're Christ's ambassador. And how does that play out? You know, for a vast majority of us believers, I bet everybody in this room, when we got saved, we were so excited. We were walking, jumping, just so thrilled. You want to tell everybody about it? I, I led a, had the privilege to lead somebody to the Lord recently at my uh, counter at the house. And man, after that, I was getting texts for, this is a 53-year-old man. And he's texting me, I've never felt better. It's a bad day and it's the best day of my life. You know, that's the excitement that we have. And then life happens. And then life happens and kids happens and, and things happen. And it's natural to lose that excitement. We can't live on the high all the time. Life happens and things happen. And we start to cool. And then we, you know, things begin to happen. We don't, you know, we can't, we're not around Christians as much anymore, lay people. We're, we're at work and we maybe spend more time at work. And that's why we need to come to church too to be around other believers. You know, and, and or get in a small group or whatever. And then we quit listening to Christian music. We don't uh, read the Bible anymore. You know what I mean? It just gets to where you can be a lifelong Christian. And honestly, outside people, if the CIA was investigating, there wouldn't be enough evidence. You know what I'm saying? Because we've cooled. But we need to remember, remember the complaint and revelation Christ had? I have this complaint against you. You've lost your... First love. Now, here's what I know about Dana, and she's here. It'd be better if she wasn't for this part. But, but uh, I can't have married her 48.23 years ago in Hutchinson, Kansas, in front of a packed audience in, at, at the church there. I can't marry and say, yeah, I, I do. I love you. And never tell her again. And here's what I'll tell you, telling her again, like there's somebody they were talking about that every year wrote his wife a card, I love you, your husband. That's all. That's all she gets. Okay? In other words, it's not just what you say, it's what you do. And what I'm just telling you is, it's real easy to lose that excitement. So what do we do? We need to be reunited, uh, reminded and reignite that. As a state ministry right now, we just met as a ministry council. And the theme that was really throughout that whole meeting, we gotta, we gotta reignite, we gotta recharge, we gotta do a restart. And, and we do. Paul tells Timothy, fan the flame. Remember the flame's there, it's still there, but it might be an ember, fan it, get it going. You know, it's important. And we've got to reignite it. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing is, y'all all know the scripture of Paul, we gotta renew the way that we think. And we can't do it alone or anything, but here's what's important. We need to partner with God. It says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, what is he? He is. And I remember when Bill Glass was preaching at a youth convention, that's a football player back in the day, and he said, you are what you're thinking about all the time. I almost wanted to scream and go, oh my goodness, because all I thought about was girls. And I sure didn't want to be one. I wanted to be with one, but I didn't want to be one. You know what I mean? I just, I mean, really. But it is true if you are consumed. If I let myself with any of my hobbies, deer hunting or whatever, and I'm about to go to Kansas, it's, I, I got to put balance in that. I have to put balance in it. If it's all I'm thinking about, that consumes me. Well, what should be the first love? What should be the first consumption? Christ and doing his work. And that's building up to what I'm going to challenge you with, with ambassadorship. It's important. And then Romans 12, 2 says, here's the thing. Satan will be so happy if you're a believer that gets cold. Because he's going to start changing you. If you're into social media, 
you remember this first scripture I read? They'll tell you something, and before you know it, do you know Hitler's Gehring, I think it is, says this, if you tell a lie long enough, it'll become the truth. That's how Hitler got in power. Propaganda. Okay? And, and a lot of propaganda is going on out there. So how do you do it? You have to be not conformed to the world, not listening to social media. Now us pastors and everybody, we're in the world. We have to be part of that and we need to use it for his kingdom. But we can't let it transform us to a weird way of thinking of where I'm a material girl. I deserve a better husband than the one I've got, or I deserve a better wife than I've got. You know what I mean? The world's always, there's always something better. Just look at Hollywood. Is anybody still married? I really don't think so. I used to put two or three on a pedestal because they made it 10 years. Praise God, we made it 48, baby. I think there's hope. We might make it. So it tells us in, in, in Romans, don't be conformed to the world. So it takes a commitment to think different. But you and I can't do it by ourselves. So number two, I think we need to seek, and in this case, pastor, re-seek the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way this can happen. I can have all the degrees in the world, and several of you have similar degrees, and all, you can be trained, you can do everything, but you have no power without the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have got to realize that. We're so caught up in Pentecostal phobia and charismatic and all this stuff. We need to get to the real power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, you and I cannot make it alone. In Star Wars, that whole trilogy and quadri what is it, three trilogies? What would that be, nine or nineogies? I don't know. And in all the sub-movies, nothing happens without the force. Christians, we need the Holy Spirit. You need the force. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what's neat. God likes to do, as one of our brothers just said, amazing things through regular people. He gives us that power, the power to renew your mind, the power to change from the inside out. The Holy Spirit has that power. And you go, well, Pastor, I feel unworthy. Well, let me tell you, in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, Christ told him when he was asking, you know, I got this thorn in the flesh and I can relate to that. Okay, I've got several thorns in the flesh and they keep moving around. And if you're over 65, you've got some too. But here's what, what Christ responded. My, my, Paul says, my power works best in my weakness. Now think about that. Apply that to your life. If you have a weakness, your self-esteem, your whatever people tell you or whatever that issue, that's where God loves to shine. Look at the people God used, a bunch of misfits. You know what I mean? Not all of them. He used some great people too. But he uses everybody, but they just let the Holy Spirit use them. So I, I really think to be an ambassador, we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we've got to live it 24-7. Live it. So we get all that, we go, I'm going to rethink, I'm going to recommit, I'm going to reignite, and I know the power comes from the Holy Spirit I, 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 and all that, but you've got to live it out. So here's where the rubber meets the road, and this is not comfortable. Because I'm normal, just like you, sort of normal. I'm a psycho pastor, I guess, you know, when you're a psychologist and a pastor who also does. But here's what I want to tell you. So you're, is anybody like me? You're on a mission from God, and you've got to get something, and you're running late. And let's say you're going to Walmart, 
or you're going to Lowe's or wherever it is and you got to get this, the, the toilet isn't working or something or uh, that you know you've got an event tomorrow and you're killing yourself for the kids but you got to get that one makeup you know what I mean or whatever it is and you're on a mission to God to get there and we're focused on getting there here's what I'm saying never don't let God's Holy Spirit leads you even when you're on your mission because here's the thing, you're an ambassador. And I have to do that all the time because I want to pull a hat down. You know how all these young people do today and they wear a hat and they pull it down like this. Have you ever been a register and they'll look up once in a while? My goal in life is to make them look at me if you're at a register. You know, and I have, I can help you on my forehead. It's real shiny. Do you see that? So I pull it down real low, right? All I'm saying is I'm not my own anymore. I've been bought with a price. You're not your own anymore. People, you're not either. We're Christ ambassadors. So when when we're in a hurry and suddenly we see a need or somebody needs prayer, guess what? We stop and we do it. And I promise you, you will never, ever, ever, ever regret following the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life. And being, that's where you become an ambassador. Every day you say, God use me today. I'm going to teach the third grade for the 685th day in a row. You know, if that's your job. I'm going to teach the kindergartners and everything you learned, you learned in kindergarten. Brooke is a kindergarten teacher. She's a kindergarten teacher, okay? Whatever you do, wherever you are, God use me today. And you might not realize it, but the Holy Spirit lets you say something, touch somebody on a shoulder. You might save that kid's life five years from now for that touch on the shoulder. What? I can tell you stories. You you let God use it. Uh, Ronnie told Wednesday night of some amazing stories. When he's witnessing to a guy and another guy saw that last time he saw him was another country. Anyway, he's there. But it wasn't for that guy. It was for this guy. God is amazing. You just need to be open to be his ambassador for whatever time it is. So what's the results? And I think you need to realize, all me, I know I need it. I need accountability. So I need spiritual partner, the power of the Holy Spirit. But I think I need a human partner. And I mean, Trey's been one of those. He's great. You don't have to be somebody older or somebody younger. Just somebody real. That'll partner with you. And I want to tell you, your pastor's one of those guys. What's the results of this? And I think it's this. Ephesians 3, 16, 7. And I call it a full-powered life. Not, not a I just exist life. A full-powered life. And I'm going to skip down. Verse 18 Chapter 3, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. And I'm going to stop you right there. Nobody's going to ever understand how powerful God's love is. But let's try. And that's what He's saying. May you experience the love of Christ, although He says it's too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. In other words, a full-powered life comes from being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And that's what I think the challenge to you is recommit to be his ambassador wherever it is. People of God here, whether you're here or not, this church, recommit. I know this message challenges me. So I think God wants to encourage you, church, pastor, believer, to just start thinking, acting, believing like you're an ambassador.
Okay? At this time, I'm going to ask Dan and Lynn to come forward. Let me ask you something. Would you rather just sit on the front row? Okay. At this time, we're going we're gonna to anoint them and pray for them. And anybody that's an ordained minister, uh, feel free to come forward. Ron, all of you. Uh, we'll get prayers from around the world here, I guess. Anybody wants to, come on, come forward. Just want you come to the middle there. Mother Dan, I anoint you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sister Lynn, I anoint you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, if y'all just join with me in prayer. <laughs> Body of Christ, would you join with me? <coughs> Father, it's a privilege to hear your call. And Lord, Dan and Lynn have heard your call and they've been faithful for a long time. And God, you have been faithful to them. And Father, even during the struggles, we would almost go, there's no way you always work it out. And God, we are now anointing them as pastors here at Cypress Street Church and praying that God, they would continue to depend on you. And God, you would bless them and the Cypress Street family with a marriage that is amazing. That God, this church would transform even how great it is to greater things. Mainly great things is just following what the focus is and what you have for them. Give wisdom and guidance and discernment to this team here, Father. Give them leadership. Protect them. Give them boundaries. Give them grace. May they think, live, eat, breathe, sleep being your ambassador. And God, all of us, may we recommit ourselves to that. And Lord, I join, my, join right now with my brothers and sisters in Christ, asking for blessings, for encouragement, for joy, your joy, to be upon the masters and this ministry. In Jesus' name we pray, and the ministers and the people say, Amen. 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 Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Bless Dan's heart. He gets to come up here and respond to this. <laughs> hey, I like these new rails. I like them. <laughs> this is the place where I get to respond to uh... Ray. Ray told me he was going to he was going to say a lot of personal things, and you did all right, mostly. mostly. So. <laughs> Um, most of you know, uh, I've known Ray and Dana for a hundred years. Actually, we got married a day apart in 1975. So when you see them, you know, and they've been married 48 years. We got one day on them. So we're, we're, uh, the, uh, yeah, right. Hey, I want to thank you so much. First of all, I want to thank the pastors and those from other churches. I'm sorry. I hope I haven't taken you away from your evening services. Um, and I, I apologize for that, and please forgive me, but I'm so glad that y'all are here. Trey, thank you for filling in at the last minute. We had some COVID people and couldn't lead our music today, and uh, leadership, James and Mike, you guys have done a great job in leading this congregation, and especially um, putting up with Ray. So, 
<laughs> we, we know that you are blessed and we thank you for that. Um, this, uh, this, this time, uh, when we got the phone call from, from Pastor Ray, uh, I think it was last August or September, and um, we had been in waiting from the Lord for a couple of years during the COVID time. We knew it was about time that the Lord was going to move us someplace, and we uh, was going to retire. And uh, we sorted out we don't own our own house, and so we were going to retire, and we went to Arizona where our kids live. How, who came up with that? Did you do that? Oh, me. That was good. That's the most I've got out of them in six months. Your children did that for you. Oh, my children did that. All right. I'll have to congratulate them. But anyhow, uh, when we got the call from Pastor Ray, we was kind of waiting on the Lord. And uh, I looked over at Lynn and I said, he, he's inviting us to come down to Louisiana. <laughs> I never had had thoughts or dreams about moving to Louisiana, but I, I have seen well different places. And God has just been so good and blessed us. And I told you my first Sunday that you didn't come looking for me and I didn't come looking for you. But God knew where I needed to be. And God has blessed us. Uh, Pastor Ray says that we had passed the six-month time, and uh, we have been taken off probation, so y'all look out now. <laughs> but anyhow, I, I want to tell you, I, I want to I, I honor one person here, this, here today that I really appreciate so much, and that's our next-door neighbor. I call him the Pope. That's John Paul, and he is here today, and I, I, I thank you, John Paul, for being I, I call him the Pope. And uh, he kind of looks out after things when nobody's around. And I, I appreciate you being here, John, John Paul. And uh, there's so many others that I, it is such a joy and a privilege to be able to serve you. The Lord does have, as I preached on this morning, can these bones live? And the people said, amen. amen. These bones can live. And uh, so we're excited about what God is going to do. And I told Lynn that she could say a couple, couple sentences and then uh, we're done. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I was thinking about the scripture while I was sitting there listening to Ray speak about how it says, and I was trying to find out to get the exact quote, so this is a paraphrase. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. We waited, and we waited, and it was not easy to wait, just like you waited, and you waited, and it was not easy, and we had to go through some different situations. But um, he's renewed our strength and I hope he's renewed your strength. And let's run, folks. Let's run for the kingdom of God and do all that he's called Amen. us to do. Amen. And I'm done. And it's your turn. Ken says I'm done. Amen. So, so when, I, when I was asked yesterday if I would step in and help with this, I was told that, that Dan likes to throw hymns that no one's ever sung in this church. Uh, and this is no different than that. Um, I got here about 20 minutes earlier than the service was to begin, so I could learn at least in part the song. So I'm going to ask you to rise with me, and we will endure through Dan's favorite song. No, uh, we will enjoy Dan's favorite song and pay attention to the words, not the voice that's singing them. So, Dan, you, you sing loud to overpower me. Okay. All right, Miss Priscilla.
hope I made you proud. Let's pray. Our Father, our hearts are so full this afternoon of thanksgiving for the pastor that has been called, we have called to be our pastor. We thank you for Brother Dan and for, for Lynn and for their willingness to come to Louisiana. We thank you, Father, for the leadership that has already started with us. And we pray that you would help us to recommit and to follow this leadership in order to make our church thrive and grow. We thank you, our Father, that almost every Sunday he dismisses by saying how much he loves us and how happy he is to be our pastor. So it makes us want to recommit so that we can all go forward together. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that and achieve all that you want us to as a church. And now we want to thank you for the bl blessing that we'll enjoy in the reception in the fellowship hall. We pray, Father, that you'd enjoy, help us to enjoy our visiting, our food, and that it would be a good time for all. We thank you again for how good you are to us, and we pray that we'd be appreciative of every blessing that you give us each day. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>